you think all of these too good to be true things are what you need to be doing. And the thing is, there's a place and a time for all of them. But it's typically not when you're first starting. You have to get the foundations in place in your business first. There's things you have to do because otherwise you spend all this time and money and effort just spinning, trying to learn these different things. And then you get out there and you do it and you realize that it didn't work because you didn't have the foundation in place. The road of an entrepreneur is guaranteed to be askew. And there are always big questions to overcome. How are tech founders bootstrapping their way to the top while spending money from their own pockets? How do they scale a startup that is prime for a successful exit, yet still remain profitable? These are the types of questions that this podcast will help answer, and it will shine light onto the livelihood of entrepreneurs, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the dirt in between. My name is Jim Barnish, and welcome to The Dirt. Our guest today has found a super cool and needed niche. She coaches successful professionals who have a good job, but aspire to start their own business. She helps them do just that and thrive. Today, we're going to dive deep into the trenches to discuss how she decided to make the change from employee to entrepreneur and why she's made it her mission to help other working professionals bet on themselves and enter the startup trenches. Tammy Jaffe, thanks for joining us on The Dirt. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So so let's start with the journey, Tammy. Who is Tammy Jaffe? <laughs> Who is Tammy Jaffe? Well, I started off as a farm girl from Michigan, if you want to go way back. <laughs> and grew up on a farm in Michigan and realized that, that the manual hard labor was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I decided to, I was always told I was good at math. I wanted to go into international business, but the college I ended up going to didn't have international business. So I went in to accounting. I call myself a recovering CPA now. And as I've gotten out of accounting, I made several transitions throughout my career and ended my corporate career as the head of real estate technology for the third largest real estate company in the world. Very and, cool. And, yes. and, and so, so real estate and now entrepreneur, you know, Connect those dots for me. Yes. Well, I got to a point in my career where I felt like I had hit a glass ceiling. I, you know, things were being controlled by someone else, not me, in what was happening in my career. And I realized that I wanted to take back control of my career. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to help more people. I had always called myself a mentor manager. And so when I started kind of diving into what is it I want to do next? Where do I want to go? Because I, you know, starting off in a corporate career, I thought I was going to be on that trajectory to just moving my way up. And I did. But you get to that point and you realize the politics, some other things that just aren't what you expect. And so even though I love my team, I loved what I did. It's like, there's got to be something more here. And I started working with a coach as well as an energy healer for some frustrations that I was having at my job. And I realized that I really love the idea of coaching. You know, I started looking at how I could help others and I was very passionate about leadership. And so I started off as a leadership coach and a career coach, helping people to become better leaders in their organizations, make a bigger impact. And I didn't want to see people going through some of the things that I saw that were happening. 
And so trying to make a bigger impact on the corporate world and what was, you know, all the reorgs, all the shifts, all of the things that are happening to people and some leaders didn't handle those things so well. And so just being able to take leadership to a new level for those people. And as I got going in my coaching business, I had more and more people come to me and say, how did you do it? How did you go from being, you know, a VP in a Fortune 100 company to starting your own business? And finally had one of my coaches say to me, would you just go teach these people how to do it? (laughs) And so that's when I made the shift from being a leadership coach to helping people go from employees to entrepreneurs, starting their own businesses, because there's so many things that when you're getting started, that people don't tell you, that you don't know what to do. And I always say, as soon as people put that entrepreneur hat on, I know you're wearing your hat today, Jen. (laughs) I am. You got your entrepreneur hat on. When you first put that hat on and say, I'm an entrepreneur and now every social media out there knows that you're trying to start a business, that you're doing something different. And all of a sudden you start getting targeted with all of these different ads by all these different people saying, I have the one thing that's going to make you millions. I have the ticket to getting you the most lead. Like this is the one solution you have to do. And you think all of these too good to be true things are what you need to be doing. And the thing is, there's a place and a time for all of them. But it's typically not when you're first starting. You have to get the foundations in place in your business first. There's things you have to do because otherwise you spend all this time and money and effort just spinning, trying to learn these different things. And then you get out there And you do it and you realize that it didn't work because you didn't have the foundation in place. Is there is there anything in regards to that foundation for yourself, right, that you that you wish you had known earlier in your journey? Oh, so many things. So you would say the one thing that I really focus on with my clients and the people that I serve is what to do when in your business. So knowing what do you do when you're, I call it at phase zero, I call the dreamer phase. And those are the people who probably some of those listening, (laughs) you might be a dreamer, let us know that you're thinking about starting a business. You've had this idea about a business. You're dreaming about what it could look like, but you haven't actually made any money yet. And so what do you do to actually get out of that phase and start actually making money? What do you do when you're just getting started and you're working with your first few clients, your first few customers that you have? What should you be focused on? And so where I really focus is those first steps. What do you need to do? How do we put the right foundations in place so that when you do jump out and do some of those bigger things, your business doesn't come crumbling down? Because that's what you see happen too often is, People step out and try to do some things that before they have their meshes clear and then they're wondering why it didn't resonate with people because they didn't do their market research. They didn't do certain aspects along the way to help them get really clear on what they need to do. Well, and it's a it's a jump, right? I mean, you're you're already overcoming, as you mentioned, the the personal mindset shift (laughs) right from employee to entrepreneur. But. Then there's the business shift of all the things that you need to make sure are there. And let's go back to that personal piece just for a minute, because I think Mm -hmm. that's so that's so important, right? Making the decision to change, getting clarity on whether that's the right shift for you. 
the big reason that you're seeing people, let's call them corporate careers, people in their corporate careers, right? Deciding to make the shift or not make the shift. Is there any one or two or three things that are just really holding them back from making that jump aside from just the shift in mindset? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the biggest thing, and I I talk about this in my book, my book's called You Already Made the Decision, You're Just Not Happy With It. And it's about how to make better decisions and make big transitions. And that is a big transition. Like you mentioned, there's a big mindset shift that has to happen. And people get stuck in the indecision or the fear of not having the security. Security is a huge one. Because you're so used to that bi-weekly, bi-monthly paycheck that's coming in, we call it the corporate crack, that you're so addicted to that you feel like you're not going to be able to replace that. And so you're clinging to it. But at the same time, so many of those people that are clinging to it can't stand their jobs. They're stressed out. They have health issues. And so learning how to make that transition and still feel the security that you need it all starts with clarity, getting clarity on, you know, all the key pieces. What is it that you want to do? How do you want to do it? Who can help you with that? And getting some key questions answered. Because there's a formula that I talk about in the book that's called the clarity trifecta. And if you can picture a triangle and there's a circle in the middle of that triangle, and that circle is the clarity. And as your clarity grows, it's, and you get those questions answered, it starts to push out on the three sides of the triangle. And the three sides of the triangle are your confidence, your courage, and your commitment. Hmm. And so many people say that they're not making the change because they don't have the confidence that they can do it or they don't have the courage to do something like that. And the truth is your confidence is your faith and belief in yourself, your faith and belief that you can do this. And as you start to get those questions answered, as you see how it could be possible, what steps you need to take, who can help you with it, and also see how other people have done it, then your confidence starts to grow. And then you get enough courage to just take that first step. And as you take the first step, the next steps become a little bit more clear and you can take the next step. You do not have to have A to Z figured out all at once. And actually you shouldn't because what happens, you think you've got it all figured out and you get to step C and all of a sudden it looks different than what you thought. And you get stuck because you're like, well, I can't go to step D. Well, that's because step D wasn't actually the right step to begin with. And you should have been going this other path. So having just enough for you to get going, understanding what that bigger vision is you want, but not having to see every single step along the way and having someone there to help guide you and focus you in getting there. Because then it starts to build and you start to take steps faster and you start to build momentum, which builds your commitment. And so many people say it starts with commitment, but the truth is it starts with enough commitment to go out and make the decision. But commitment grows with your clarity because it's hard to be committed to something that you're not clear on what it is, right? So that commitment grows as you start to see results, as you start getting income coming in from your business as you start to see things progressing in your business and your commitment continues to grow. You know, one of the things, speaking of commitment that you and I've talked about before is the partner commitment, right? The person on the other side of the entrepreneur, husband, wife, partner. And and you've mentioned that in in one one of the seminars, I believe you attended with Tony Robbins, 
right? There was this aha moment of commitment that that you and your partner reached. Do you mind just speaking a little bit to that and how that connects to the different types of founders, different types of entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. So my husband and I went to Business Mastery and it was our first experience ever with Tony. <laughs> and it was amazing. Let me just say that. I'll start with that. And this was, we were in Vegas. It was 2019, right before COVID hit. So it was one of his last in-person business masteries that he had to, he did. And as we were there, just hearing Tony talk about who you need to be to step into the CEO role of your company, where are you at in your business? It anchored in so much for us. And I know when we were talking before, Jim, was, you were asking about leadership and business. And one of the things that Tony kept saying is there's three different types of entrepreneurs. There's the creator who is the artist creator, they call them. So they're the creative ones. They come up with ideas. They've got all these things. They might be like physically creative where they're dry and things like that. There's all different types of creativity that comes, right? And then there's the entrepreneur risk taker. And they're the ones who are just willing to jump in and try anything. Like they're the ones who are like, okay, let's do this, let's do that. And they're just like jumping from one thing to the next. They're going to try everything. And then there is the manager leader. And they're the ones who step in and take on the leadership role, the management role for the team. They provide kind of a foundation for the risk takers and the creators, um, art, artists. And as Tony kept saying this throughout Business Mastery, he's like, if you're a creator or, or creative and artist, or if you're an entrepreneur risk taker, you need to hire a manager leader. Mm-hmm. And about the third time he said this, my husband looks at me and he, my husband's a creative. He's on that side. I'm a manager leader. And he looks at me and he's like, I guess I need to hire you. <laughs> so after that, we came back and he hired me to start coaching with his his team. He's a chiropractor and we actually share an office here. But so I started leading his team meetings. We started getting involved in some of his marketing plans and it made a huge impact on him and his ability to be able to focus on some other things that weren't necessarily his key strengths that he brought me in for. And so it's just been this dynamic of knowing like, what is your strength? And where do you need to bring in someone else to help balance some of those things out? Have you, in starting your coaching business, uh, hit that point where you realized that you needed to bring in somebody else to augment you and your skill set? Yeah, great question. Absolutely. So, you know, I always, I always have my own business coach. I have a sales coach that I've been working with on some very specific things I'm working on. And then, of course, I have assistants that are amazing at doing all of the day-to-day administrative, graphic design, all those things, because I am not the creative artist, right? Like, I've learned to be able to do some of those things, but definitely having a graphic design person on my team is a must for as much material as I put out and everything for my, my groups. But I would say the one area that I've really started to look at as I continue to build is bringing someone in as coaches with under, underneath me. And so I've started nurturing some people that I think are prospects that could come in and be coaches within my programs underneath me. So as I continue to go, grow, 
and scale that I have them ready, that they're already familiar with my material because they've gone through my programs. And so those are a few ways that I have looked at how do I, you know, not only take the skill sets that I don't have and bring them in, but also how do I build someone under me to help take on some of the things that I am good at. But as we grow and scale, we know our time and resources will be more limited. Yeah. And and that's that's so key when you're thinking about augmenting yourself, <laughs> moving from one person to team, right? Um, there's a core piece of some of the things you said earlier on around people out there feeling like they want to be a founder or can I be a founder? I think a lot of people classify that that fear is imposter syndrome, right? Of, you know, even once you're in the role, feeling as if you're <laughs> almost not meant to be in the role of entrepreneur. Are there any tips you can offer people, whether they're thinking about jumping in the role or they've just gotten started around, call it the founder to be or or company to be, that are, you know, going through that, am I meant to be a founder? Am I meant to be in this role? Um, I know that's a big question and pretty yeah. loaded, but it, it's something that I know a lot of people struggle with, mm-hmm. both, both before starting a business and in a business. And I'm just curious if you've got any thoughts on that. Absolutely. So one of the first things I would say is stop asking your question, asking that question and ask different questions. Yeah. So stop asking yourself, am I meant to be in this role? And start asking, one, why would I not be meant to be in this role, right? Like what would stop me from being in this role? But who do I need to become in order to fully embrace this role? Because we are not going to get where we want to go by being the same person we are today. We have to learn. We have to grow. We have to develop. So who do you need to become? What do you need to learn? How do you need to develop yourself in order to step into that role? Because I don't love the term imposter syndrome because I think it's a bit overused, right? It's we'll use it as an excuse now. And a lot of times it's it's really just us not embracing who we are and you are meant for these things. There, not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. I will say that there are some people who you should just stay working in a job because it's not meant for everyone. It's a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of effort. It, but for those of you who have that inkling that you should be doing it, it's because you should be doing it. And yeah. so- There's a reason that you got that feeling in your gut that you should be stepping out and being an entrepreneur. So stop questioning the feeling and start asking the better questions. I love that. Let's put that as a quote. (laughs) Start asking the better questions and stop questioning it. That is so true. And I agree. Imposter syndrome is is absolutely overused, even just in the number of times we've said it in the last five minutes. (laughs) But but ultimately, you know, it's it's really about who you're meant to be in your journey. And your journey was not straight, just like my journey wasn't straight, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not always a direct answer that everything is figured out when you hop on the other side of being an entrepreneur. But when you first made your step into, right, from employee to entrepreneur, what was the biggest thing that that you now teach to other people, but you experienced back then that is is the right question to be asking. Yeah, so a few great questions to ask yourself. 
what do I need right now? In this moment, what do I need? In order to help me move forward, in order to help me get clarity, in order to help me figure out that next step. I mean, that's where you need to start. And a lot of times it's it's just asking like, who can help me with this? I, I love, I heard from Russell Brunson this a while ago where he was talking about so many times we, we ask the question, how do we do something? And where we get stuck and we start spinning, like, how do we create the sales page? What do we need to put in it? And we're like asking all these like crazy questions that if we would just instead ask who, we would get it done so much faster. We would progress so much faster. And that comes to many areas of what you're doing. And yes, it makes sense for you to learn some of these things in your business, but learn it from someone who's done it before. Learn it from someone who is the expert. And don't try to spend all your time and energy building things from the ground up. So asking those questions of, you know, who can help you? What do I need right now? I think those are some key components that will help you get started. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. <laughs> you also have used this term that, that is probably also overused, but also incredibly important. No shiny red objects, right? Stay focused. <laughs> yes. Um, did, did Have you had any obstacles in your journey of making sure to stay focused the same way that yeah, I know you preach that with folks that you work with? Yes, absolutely. It's those shiny objects, like some of those that I was referring to either earlier, like all those ads you're seeing, all these people telling you that they're going to help you do these things. Those are the shiny objects I'm referring to. Like they look great. They, you like, you read their messages and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. And you're, you haven't made a penny yet. And so understanding what those shiny objects are, first of all, like, first of all, knowing and understanding have a basis to say, okay, no, I can say no to that. Like, I don't have to put that in place right now. And that's been a big thing for me is, and I did start off doing some of the wrong things and following some of those shiny objects and wondering where they were going to take me and and found out, like I, I used to say, I spent too much time behind the screen when I was initially getting going and not out networking, not out talking to people about what I did because I was trying to develop my website and sales pages and all of these different things, freebies. And I wasn't actually getting out there talking to people. I wasn't actually telling people what I was doing. So I wasn't getting clients because I was spending all this time behind the screen working on things that weren't making me money yet. Yeah. And so I like to tell people like, you've got to, those things are going to come, but they will go much faster when you've actually worked with people and have much better foundation in place to know what to put into those areas or who can help build them for you. Yeah. So get out there and sell. <laughs> get out there and sell. Like that's where it all starts, right? <laughs> it, it starts there and and it ends with those same people you sell referring more people that you can sell if you do a great job. Absolutely. And, and you do a great job at that which is awesome. But you also have this um, community that that you've built around your client base, which I think is so important for founders to have other founders that they can lean on. Do you mind just talking a little bit about that that community, that growing community and you know, supporting kind of other startups, other founders dreams? Yeah, absolutely. So 
my group is called Inspired to Resign. So it's for those wanting to go from employees to entrepreneurs getting inspired to resign from their day job so they can start, grow, scale their business and not only replace their income, but exceed it. And so we have all different kinds of businesses in there, people supporting each other. We have celebration days, like what are you celebrating this week? You know, days that you can share what you're promoting, get feedback on things because it's so important to be able to be surrounded, like you were saying, with people going through similar things, people that you can relate to, especially, I mean, that was a huge thing. And you probably went through something similar when you're used to being an employee, all your friends, all the people surrounding you are also employees, right? Like you don't have that network of a bunch of entrepreneurs typically because you're not out there doing the networking. You're not out there mingling with those types of people. And so when you step into the entrepreneur world, it's a whole different type of people. And your employee friends aren't going to understand this journey you're on and why you're doing this and how to do it. So you need to not not say you need to let those people go as friends. They're still there. You just don't need to be talking to them specifically about all of the things happening over here. And you need a team, a group that can support you as you're going through that to help you grow, to help you expand so that you can relate to someone when you're like, okay, this just happened. And I felt like I had the roller coaster day, which happens almost every day with some entrepreneurs, right? We feel like one minute's like high, one minute's low. Like there's just different things that happen throughout your day and you need that support to help you through that. Yeah, that's that's great. And by the way, that reminds me, send me that send me that group because I would love to join and yeah, absolutely. other folks. Cool. So, it, you know, at the end of every one of our episodes, we do what's called a Founder Five, which is essentially just a quick rundown of a few key things that other founders or to-be founders need to keep in mind. So the first one is the number one metric or KPI that you are relentlessly focused on, Tammy. Yeah, absolutely. The number one KPI is sales. (laughs) So how many sales conversations am I having? What's my conversion? And what do I need to get to my goal? Those are like the, the components of the formula I look at. Sales funnel. Love it. All right. Number two, a top tip for founders like yourself. I would say top tip. Oh, we talked about so many things, but just get just get clear on what your next step is. Get that clarity that you need to just take that next step. Stop worrying about the 20 steps down the road for right now. Take one step, get out there and get get in front of people. Tell them what you do. Nice. Favorite book or podcast that's helped you grow as a founder? Oh, great question. So, well, I would say since we're talking about the employee entrepreneur, I would say one of the books that helped me when I was going through that transition is The Big Leap with Gay Hendricks. Like taking that big leap and how he talks about what you need to do in preparation, what, how we bounce up against those obstacles and feeling like the imposter syndrome and some of those things are happening to us and how you can more easily make that big leap. That's great. What uh, actor or actress would play you in a movie? Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, so, well, you know, my kids are starting to act, so I'm hoping it will be one of them. Oh, that's so cool. I haven't gotten that answer yet. (laughs) All right. And lastly, what is going to be the title of your autobiography 
when you've looked back and have achieved exactly what you set out to? Title of my autobiography. So I think live an inspired life. Inspired is the word that I use throughout my programs, throughout whatever I do. I try to make sure everything I do in my life is inspired in action. And so I would, I want my autobiography to be about living an inspired life. Yeah, that's great. Inspiration is, is key. So, all right, Tammy, this has been amazing. You've given so much to our listeners today, especially those in that pre-founder bucket, if you will, that are, that are just, you know, itching to make that change. How can those that are listening, whatever bucket they may fall in, how might they be able to help you out? Yeah. So I would say as far as where you're headed and what you're doing, you know, we have that community I'll share with you. We have a resource for you, the Corporate to Cash Jumpstart Kit, where you can go download that. It's at the jumpstartkit.com and get that resource. It has everything when you're getting started of how to jumpstart your clients, your leads, your strategy, your numbers, all those key components. And even if you're in business, but you're just not getting the consistent income you need, you're missing one of those components. So go grab that. Well, you gave more by saying that to other people, but how can those listening help you out, Tammy? How can you help me out? Well, share share our group, share our programs. I mean, if you know someone that's in that space that's wanting to make that jump from employee to entrepreneur, connect me with them. I'd love to talk to them. And Tammy's book, you already made the decision. You just aren't happy with it, um, which is a guide on how to make better decisions or live with the ones you've already made is is awesome as well. So I really encourage you all to, to take a look at that. And we'll leave the a link to that in the notes here. What, what aside from just reaching out on LinkedIn, what, what's the best way for folks to get in contact with you? Is it LinkedIn email? Yeah, LinkedIn is always great. You can reach me on LinkedIn or Facebook. All right, we'll include a link to that then in the show notes as well. Thank all you right. so much. This has been a blast. Thank you, Jim. It was great being on the show with you. Absolutely. Take care, Tammy. All right. Thanks. If you loved today's episode of The Dirt, make sure you rate it on your favorite platform. And if you really liked us, go ahead and leave us an honest review. Thanks again for tuning in to The Dirt.